All right, everybody, welcome to New Life Church. How many of you guys excited to be here to worship Jesus today? I love it. I love it. I love asking you that kind of a question, you know, almost every week. Something like that. Hey, I want to say hello to all of you guys here at our Carney campus. Thank you guys so much for, uh, you know, taking time out of your week to come and to worship Jesus and to put him first. Uh, thank you to all those worshiping with us in North Platte right now, Ogallala, and the hundreds of locations that are still online. I, I, this is my personal belief, okay? You do with it whatever you want because... Uh, it's just me, all right? I, I believe that the week starts on Sunday. I don't think my week starts on Monday. I think my week starts on Sunday. And the very first thing I do on Sunday is I put God first, first part of my week. And I, I would encourage you to see your week that way. Start your week out by worshiping Jesus. Make Sunday the first day of the week for yourself. It's just a little heart change thing. It, it, it makes Sunday have even more purpose for me. And I want, it, I want Sunday to have a lot of purpose for you. I don't want you to ever come to New Life feeling like you're just, you know, checking a box off on a religious duty that has to be done in the week. I want it to be very purposeful for you. I want it to be very missional for you. I want it to be very beneficial for you. And so thank you for showing up in New Life today. And my prayer for you uh, this week as I've been preparing this message is that God would have something that would speak to your heart that would be so profound but so simple that you could walk out of this door and you could start living it today. All right, that's what I want you to look for. Look for the one thing, just the one little thing. Since it's a movie kind of a series, uh, I don't know if you guys remember it or not, but there was an older movie called City Slickers, and the old guy on City Slickers was like, just all about the one thing. And today, today it's about the one thing. What's the thing that God's going to speak to your life? I want you to be listening for that. Before we get into it, I got a couple of key announcements I got to give you. Uh, first and foremost, how many guys watched my video this week about the new, about not new life, but about first assembly of God in North Platte that wants to merge with our North Platte campus. How many of you guys got that video and you watched it? How many of you guys got that video and you didn't watch it? Don't worry, we already know who you are. Constant contact, it lets us know when you don't open our, vi when you don't open our emails. We already know who you are. But check this out, all right? A couple years ago, God started speaking to a pastor's heart. His name's Gary Goodwin. He's the lead pastor, senior pastor of First Assembly of God in North Platte. God started speaking to his heart. Hey, pastor, there needs to be one church in North Platte, and I want your church to merge with the New Life North Platte campus. Does that for about two years, right? He's been pastoring the church now for 18 years. He's done a great job pastoring that church. So back in August... He decides, i got to talk to somebody about this. So he calls up the former superintendent of our district of Nebraska, who happens to be the former pastor of New Life Church, our very own pastor emeritus, Bob, Bob Wine. And he shared with him the, the vision. And Bob kind of processes that with him and helps him understand, I think that that's God, Gary. But you're going to have to do something with that. You have to now take it and go public with it. you got to go talk to Jeff about it. And so I hear that, you know, Gary might want to talk to me, but I don't know what it's about. So in September, I show up to a district event that's out in Lexington. I come bebopping into the door, right? I'm a few minutes before the service starts because that's how I roll, right? And uh, most people are already seated, but there's some open seats, and I find them on the other side of the auditorium, and I walk over and I sit down. I don't even know. I don't even, like, pay attention who I'm sitting around. I just sit in this empty seat. It happens to be two rows in front of Pastor Gary and his wife. What I didn't know was leading up to that service that uh, Tammy, Gary's wife, says to him, hey, we really need to talk to Jeff 
we need to talk to him if he's at this event. Like, if he sits in front of us, we'll know we're supposed to talk to him today. That's where I bebopped into. After the service, they come up to me and they say, hey, look, we got to talk to you. We got something like really big. We want to talk to you about it. Do you have any time during this event? And I just say to them, I have time right now. So we go and we sit down in a private little area and they begin to share the vision about how they feel like God's saying to them, their church should merge into our North Platte campus. That's a humbling thing, you know, to have somebody that's telling you that. Basically, we're, gonna, we're going to lead our people and we're going to walk away from everything that we have and we're going to become part of new life. Um, I've been praying a lot about that. I told them, I go, look, I can't tell you right now. I got to go pray about this. So I prayed about it and I got our deacons involved. They came and met with our deacons. The deacons all felt that way. I took Pastor Chris and I, we went out there, we met in his office. Yes, it's all the same. So last Sunday, I wasn't here. The reason why I wasn't here, I was in North Platte at First Assembly of God at their uh, finishing up at their service, going into their special members meeting where they voted and they approved the plan of merger. They have done what they need to do legally. We had these, we had these documents drafted by a nonprofit lawyer of ours uh, that helped us so the state of Nebraska would recognize the merger. And now next Sunday, December the 20th at 1 p.m. here at our Kearney campus as well as at our North Platte campus uh, via some live video conferencing uh, software and technology that we own. Um, we are going to have a members meeting at 1 p.m. next Sunday so that we can look at the plan of merger and that prayerfully we would consider it and that by, by God's heart, I believe that we would move forward and adopt that plan of merger and it would become official then at the end of this year, those two churches in North Platte First Assembly would merge in with our North Platte campus, becoming one church in that community. We would be able to do some things that maybe we haven't been able to do. We would definitely be better together than we are alone. And I think God's in the midst of this working something really special, guys. I do believe we would never be in this situation if we, as one church, New Life, hadn't stepped out by faith and said, let's build a church bigger than what we need right now. Let's build a church that can meet the needs of the community. And we, we bought a building at $2 million. Then we built out our half of the building at $1.4 million. And we're getting ready to have our first service this next Sunday in that new North Platte building. I don't think another church wants to merge with us if we didn't take that kind of leap of faith. That's the way God works, guys. It's an exciting day, amen? It's an exciting day. And God's going before us. Yeah, amen, amen. So if you were clapping and you are a member, one o'clock next week, be there. Let me just tell you from your pastor's heart, if you're a member of our church or you wanna be a member, when moments like this come about, you don't have an option. That's what membership is about. I'm part of the family. So if you're a member, 1 p.m. next Sunday, you better be there. Uh, there's no excuse for it, all right? Just hear me on this one. Unless you're sick, you're out of town on vacation or business, one o'clock next week, I expect you to be here so that we can process this historic moment that God's asked us to. If you're not a member and you want to come, you are more than welcome to be here. We'd love for you to be here so that you can be a part of this history-making moment. If you ever want to be a member in the future, remember this, that when moments like this happen, it has to become a priority for you. All right? So don't make us vote next week for members that aren't there that they don't have a membership anymore. Don't make us do that. Don't make us do that. No, we're not going to do that this time. Okay. Hey, one more thought about this whole deal. I, I believe that generosity positions us to see God move in great ways. 
And guys, through this miracle offering season through Kingdom Builders, so many of you guys responded. It was amazing. Our goal was $77,000. We are now over. We just eclipsed $107,000 worth of giving. Is that amazing? Oh, man. It's, you guys are blowing my mind away. You're just blowing my heart away. I love you guys. All of us together, it's just amazing what God's done. So our Kingdom Builder Task Force, we met last Tuesday, and we have instantaneously invested tens of thousands of dollars into the kingdom of God, just instantaneously, that are going to see a return. Here's the return that we're expecting, to see people find Jesus and lives changed. That's what we want to see happen, Amen. We want to see people find Jesus, and we want to see their lives change, even at the end of this year. So here's some of the things that we have already invested, tens of thousands of dollars. In fact, it's over $84,000 that we just invested into God's kingdom, all right? Here's what we did. We doubled all of our local poverty efforts, just overnight. Overnight, we doubled it. Whatever the goal was that we set, we wrote another check. That means that Christian organizations that are in South Central Nebraska are going to be meeting more needs in Jesus' name, like keeping the lights on for people this Christmas, putting food on their table this Christmas, helping them get the rent paid this Christmas, helping them take care of whatever you know, things they've got going on in their life that are just weighing them down. In Jesus' name, you guys, we just doubled it all in South Central Nebraska. That's exciting. We're going we're gonna to meet needs of people that are suffering with natural disasters all around the world through our, our worldwide partner, Convoy of Hope. We gave them thousands of dollars at the end of this year that they will instantaneously invest into feeding the hungry around the world, meeting needs in Honduras where uh, hurricanes went through, meeting needs all over the place. That's exciting. You're a part of that. We're going to feed more starving children around the world. We're going to help women and children that are caught in sex trafficking. We're going to rescue them here at this Christmas season. We're going to help people that are caught up in addictions of drugs, alcohol, sexual abuse, those types of things, we're, our sex you know, addicts, we're going we're gonna to help them get free in Jesus' name this Christmas. Over in the Arab country of Turkey in Istanbul this Christmas, you're going to be a part of seeing um, you know, hundreds and thousands of Arabs hear the good news of Jesus in Istanbul, Turkey. You're going to be a part of that. You're also going to be a part of four more um, university students in Cuba getting their degrees, getting their credentials, planting churches in the communist country of Cuba, and that's all going to get ramped up, and they're going to be able to start that in January. That's exciting. Plus, because of your, you know, huge, ginormous, by the way, I don't even know if that's a word, but it is now, right? Because of your incredible generosity through Kingdom Builders, we've been able to purchase the 140 angel tree gifts that go to children of incarcerated families. And then in Jesus' name, those gifts are coming back now. We are going to go into their homes and deliver those gifts to those families, pray with them, share the good news of Jesus with them. If you want to be a part of that, go to our angel tree you know, table that's out here at our Carney campus only and be a part of it. But in Jesus' name, your generosity is making a massive difference this Christmas. Way to go, guys. Way to go. It's exciting. Why? Because generosity moves the heart of God. That's why it's exciting. It's also exciting because generosity moves the hearts of people toward God. That's exciting. Amen? And because your generosity is expanding the kingdom of God. That's why I'm so excited. But we're only responding to the generosity that God has shown us. We are not the initiators of generosity. We're responding to it. You know, the greatest act of generosity was displayed at Christmas time that we celebrate 
that when God sent his one and only son to be born in a manger, not to condemn the world, but to save the world through him, that's the greatest act of generosity ever. And guys, that's, what, that's one of the reasons why we celebrate Christmas. We celebrate Christmas to come back to the realization, what is Christmas really all about? It's a, one of the things it's all about is about the generosity of God. All right, but we know, like in our culture in which we live in, what do most adult, adults think Christmas is all about? What do most adults think Christmas is all about? A day off, a day off. Come on, how many guys are looking forward to a day off work? Oh, you guys, seriously? Everybody in Ogallala is. Nobody in Carney. Carney's like, no, we don't want to take it off. Let's just keep working. Just keep on working. No, of course you want to take the day off. If you really seriously don't want to, show up and see what your boss says. No, adults, like we're looking forward to the holiday and the day off. We know what kids are looking forward to at Christmas time. What are kids looking forward to at Christmas time? Come on. Presents. Gifts under the tree, people. How many of you guys would admit it right now with a, with a raised hand, right? You've at some point shaken a gift that's under the tree in the last, you know, two years. Okay. All right. There we go. Not just as a child, right? How many of you guys have ever picked up a gift and smelled it? That's sick. That's wrong. Don't do that. All right. I, I put my hand right back down. All right. I'm not that guy. I'm not that guy. Um, and I definitely don't want gifts, gifts that leak. Anybody, you with me on that? No gifts that leak. We don't want those things. We all know why retail likes Christmas. Why does retail like Christmas? Come on. Money, money. Um, but you know, the real question that we need to ask is this. Why does God like Christmas? And why does God, ooh, wow, that was quick. There's a, there's a kid that needs to be in like children's church because that's what they do in children's church. They yell out answers all the time. You guys think you're in children's church. We're not in children's church. That was awesome. Good answer, kid. Yes, God wants us to celebrate Christmas because he wants us to recalibrate our faith back to the authentic Jesus. That's what he wants. It's like one of the bookends of our faith. You got Christmas and you have Easter. At both of these events that are on our calendars, that are actual holidays to this day in our nation and many countries around the world, it's for a purpose that God has established these moments so that we would stop, recalibrate our faith, and come back to know who the real Jesus is. Why does he want us to know who the real Jesus is? Because he doesn't want us to be duped by the fakes. We live in a world full of deception. We live in a world that's got fakes running all over the place. We're getting duped in our Christianity, believing in all kinds of different crazy things. And this week, we're going to be looking at the deeply theological movie called Elf. Because in this movie, you have Buddy. Buddy the Elf, right? He's not really even an elf, is he? If you know the true movie, then you know that Buddy was a baby in an orphanage because his his mother, his mother died, and he never knew who his father was. His father doesn't even know he exists. And Santa shows up to the orphanage, and Buddy climbs out of the crib that he was in, climbs across the floor into Santa's bag, and when Santa goes back to the North Pole, so does Buddy, and Buddy crawls out of the bag at North Pole, and Papa Elf decides to raise Buddy. Okay, are you with me so far on this one? All right, it's deep. You guys got to follow. I mean, it's, it's like... 
the plot line of this thing is deep. You really have to pay attention or you'll miss the entire essence of the movie, all right? But Buddy the Elf shows up now looking for his father and he shows up in New York City and he finds Gimbel's department store of which he walks in and because he's dressed like an elf, he instantaneously gets put to work in the North Pole at Gimbel's department store. On day one, he hears, tomorrow, Santa's coming to, the, to Kimball's. Santa's coming to the North Pole. Buddy's all excited because he loves Santa, because Santa basically was part of raising him, and he knows the real Santa. And then, all of a sudden, he discovers that, um, you know, there are fakes out there. Take a look. Santa. He's not Santa. He's not Santa. Oh, man. This movie really does tap on a number of amazing biblical scriptural points. The end days in which we live in, throughout the Bible, from the beginning of the Bible all the way to the end of the Bible, the days in which we live in and the days of which are to come in our future are days that the Bible says that there is one weapon that the enemy uses more than any other weapon that will affect the church and it will cause people who are current Christ followers to collapse in their faith. And the one word that keeps showing up in the Bible over and over and over again is deception. And it means that there are fakes that are here and there are fakes that are to come that are trying to deceive us from the real truth of who Jesus is. Some of those fakes have been written in books. Others are showing up on social media. They're showing up in our media. They're showing up as speakers. They're showing up as fake religions. But they're showing up all over the place. And the Bible says that the greatest weapon that the enemy will use in the last days will be the weapon of deception. Showing the church a fake and the church biting on it and the church you know, being distracted by the fake and walking away from the real. You're, you're not going to fake buddy out. Buddy's not going to get faked out on a fake Santa. Buddy knows the real Santa. He grew up in North Pole, according to the movie, right? He grows up in North Pole. He knows him. Guys, that's what Christmas is all about. It's to bring us back to know the real Jesus so we don't get faked out. The Apostle Paul, he wrote to his young, his young student, Timothy, as Timothy, T Timothy's going out to pastor a church. Here's some of the words he says to him. He goes, look, Timothy. Now the Holy Spirit tells us clearly that in the last times some will turn away from the true faith. They will follow deceptive spirits and, and teachings that come from demons. He goes, I just want you to be aware of this. This was back when the Bible was written. We're talking 2,000 years ago, okay? And Paul's already talking about, you know, in the last times. And he's telling Timothy so that Timothy will talk to his church. If the last times were back when Paul was writing this 2,000 years ago, how much more are we in the last times? Yeah, of course. And you see the fake all around. Well, this was letter number one, but in letter number two, he says, for a time is coming when people will no longer listen to sound and wholesome teaching. They will follow their own desires and they will look to teachers who will tell them whatever their itching ears want to hear. They will reject the truth and chase after myths. Look, look, he's saying this. Look, there are people in the church, Timothy, who once used to follow Jesus but they will be deceived by these myths. They will be deceived by these other teachers. In fact, they will long to hear just the easy gospel of what their ears want to hear and not be challenged with the true gospel that leads people to the real Jesus. 
And that's what's happening in the world in which we are in right now. And people are being faked out by a, by a Jesus who is not real, by a gospel message that is not real. At New Life Church, we're doing everything we can to stay biblically accurate and stay biblically relevant at the same time. And we believe that both can happen. We believe we can preach biblically what God's word says and also take biblically God's word and put it into action in a way that it still entices people to want to follow Jesus. Because Jesus is the one who came back in Matthew chapter 24 and he drove home the deception that would happen in the last days. In fact, he mentions it over seven times in one chapter talking about how these end days will be a time where the greatest weapon the enemy will use will be displaying to the church and to the world the fake, the fakeness instead of the realness. And this is how Jesus said it. He said it then, if anyone tells you, look, here's the Messiah, or there he is, don't believe it. For false messiahs and false prophets will rise up and perform great signs and wonders so as to deceive, if possible, who? Even God's chosen ones. There are those who will be coming. They are already here on this earth who will perform great wonders and miracles and things that will woo and awe people. It will all be done through demonic spirits. And he goes, look, people will be duped and they will be deceived. So what? What's the real purpose of Christmas? The real purpose of Christmas is not just to have a traditional day off. It's not just to eat some good food. It's not just to give a good gift. It's not just to spend time with some great family. It's for the believer. It's you better take some time this Christmas to make sure you're dialing in to know who the real Jesus is. Opening up the Bible and looking at who the real Jesus is this Christmas. Taking some time in prayer to know who the real Jesus is this Christmas. That's what God wants. That's the mission of the church, by the way. The mission of the church is to know who the real Jesus is so that we can step out of these doors today, whatever campus you're in, we can step out of these doors today, walk into our community, and our community who's lost and dying and without Jesus will spend eternity away from him, they could see the real Jesus being lived out in you and heard from your very own lips. That's the mission of the church. Buddy, he was on a mission though. His mission was that he left the North Pole and journeyed all the way to New York City so that he could find his biological father. That's what he wanted to do. His biological father had no idea that he existed. But that's the mission that he was on. It's interesting that in this movie, throughout that mission, naturally what Buddy does, though, is he inspires people to have joy again. He inspires faith in people in Christmas and in Santa all over again. That's what he does throughout the entire movie. Although his primary mission is, I want to find my father. I want to restore the relationship with him on this earth. It's just like you and me. We, we all have a mission that we're on. There's all, all of us have something that our hands have to do. We all show up at work. We all do it, right? Or we show up at the campus and we study, whatever it is. And so we're all doing it. But the, the question is this, are people... Are people naturally seeing the Jesus in you this holiday season? Are people naturally seeing the Jesus come out of you this Christmas? Or would the, do they not even know that you are a Christ follower? See, I wonder to myself, like, 
if you were in a, a, a court today and you had to defend your Christianity, would there be people that would step up and say, I know that person knows Jesus because of this and this and this in their life? What would the court of opinion say about your life? Would they say that you are naturally helping people establish faith in who God is and what he's doing? So this elf movie might be just a simple Christmas movie, right? But it has a lot of deep spiritual meaning for us. And it, it really challenges us to live out a few interesting things. Because our community, it needs you to overcome fear and be bold for Jesus. That's what our community needs right now. The communities that our churches are in, right? The communities that surround where our churches are planted, the communities in which you come from, our communities, they need us to overcome our fear and to be bold for Jesus. Just like Buddy did on day one at his job at the North Pole at Gimbel's department store. Day one, showing up, he overcomes fear. He even is enticing others to overcome fear as he's boldly proclaiming his faith, right, in Christmas and in Santa. Take a look at this. I'm just trying to get through the holiday. Get through. Overcome fear and be bold for Jesus. I mean, look at this guy, right? He says these words. He goes, look, if you can sing alone, you can sing in front of other people. I wondered to myself, how many of us have a faith that's a faith that is practiced just alone with God, but it's not practiced in front of other people? I wonder how many of us are caught up by fear and our faith stays private in here and it stays private in, your, in the confines of your own living room, but it never goes public. See, that's not what faith is for. There's a lot of things in your life that need to stay private, okay? There's a lot of things that we just don't want to hear about, and no one should hear about. Faith isn't one of those things. Faith was designed to go public. So if you can practice faith alone with God, here's the next step for you. The next step for you is to practice faith in front of others and in public. The manager says something I think that's very interesting. He says this, he goes, look, there's no singing in the North Pole. You know what that sounds a lot like? Sounds a lot like political correctness to me. In the world in which we live in, hey, there's no singing about Jesus in the North Pole, right? There's no singing about Jesus in America. There's no telling people about your faith in America. There's no telling people about your faith in your workplace or on your college campus or on your high school campus or on your social media or, you know, amongst your friends or at a dinner, you know, that you're going to have with family at Christmas. There's no telling people about Jesus. No, no, let's back down from that, right? I love Buddy. He comes back. He goes, no, 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 no. No, we, we sing when we make toys. We tell others. Why? Because we have a purpose to do it. Don't be like the other, the other gal that was working there at Gimbel's, Jovi. She says these words in, the, in that clip. She goes, oh, I can sing, but I just choose not to. That's not, the, that's not where you want to be with your faith. Like, I want to be the guy who stands before Jesus and says, so I did everything I could with everything you gave me to make sure that everybody know, knew about who Jesus was. I don't want to be the guy who stands before Jesus to give an account of my life and say to him, I could have sang, but I chose not to. I could have, but I chose not to. I'm just not sure that that's the kind of, the kind of response you want to stand before Jesus and give. You, everybody can sing that's here. Like, you're hearing the good news of Jesus. If you surrendered your life to Jesus, you can go out into the community and sing the good news of Jesus to others. Right? I'm singing. I'm telling others about Jesus. I'm telling others about... You know what I'm saying? You can do it. You can do it. 
Christmas is the perfect time of the year to do it. Do whatever you can to make sure people know about Jesus. So my challenge for you this Christmas is this. In the next seven days, I want you to find somewhere and someone that you can share your faith with. Okay, so maybe you don't know everything you need to know about God, but you know everything you need to know about your faith, how you came to give your life to Jesus Christ and what he's done in your life and how he's made an impact in your life. I want you to tell somebody in the next seven days. In the next seven days, I want you to find somebody that you can invite to come back and join us here on, on, uh, on Sunday the 20th to worship with us. Those are two simple assignments. Overcome your fear and be bold for Jesus this Christmas. Are you with me? High five me. Come on. Ready? One, two, three. All right. Thank you. Appreciate that. Next time, do some sound effects. It's going to make it more joyful. Remember, sing it. All right? Sing it. Just sing it out. All right? All right. Uh, hey, here, here's one more. Here's another thing our community needs. Our community needs to see you living out unwavering faith. Unwavering faith. That's one of the things that you watch the movie and you're kind of inspired by Buddy. Buddy just kind of doesn't lose his faith in Christmas and in Santa. He just doesn't lose it. Now he gets in like a little dip. You get into a little dip of a moment where he starts to kind of question himself. But that comes because his father disses him. Because his father says hurtful words to him. Fathers that are in the house right now know this. Your words have life or death. You can speak life or you can speak death. The only time Buddy kind of loses all of his joy is when his dad comes down hard on him, tells him he doesn't love him, doesn't have anything to do with him, and tells him to leave his house. So fathers and moms, listen, you have words that bring life in your kids or they crush you. Throughout the rest of the movie, Buddy's a man that's full of faith for Christmas, full of faith for Santa. Buddy is unwavering in his faith, and it becomes contagious for others, even to the point when Santa's sleigh comes, cr comes breaking through the clouds and crashes in Central Park. Buddy the elf, he gets over there, and he's, he's helping Santa get his sleigh back working, and then his stepbrother Michael shows up. And you see that what Buddy's been doing in Michael's life leads him to this place where Michael starts to have faith in Santa. I want you to know today, your faith can make a difference in other people's lives. Take a look at this. Uh, Michael, would you open this hatch for me, please? Michael says, hold it. If you're really Santa Claus, then all we need to do is just get some news cameras in here, and then everyone will believe in you. Then your sleigh will fly. Santa comes back and he says, Christmas spirit is about believing, not seeing. Guys, the whole world since Jesus walked the earth has been saying the exact same things that Michael said. They've been saying to Jesus when he walked this earth, just do some kind of big miracle, Jesus. And if you do some kind of big miracle, then everyone will believe that you are the son of God. Just do something like, you know, call something down from heaven. Do something that no one else can do. Even on the cross, when Jesus was hanging on the cross, they were still mocking him, asking him to do something that would prove that he is the Son of God. Take a look at what Luke says. Right? We are going to see what Luke says, or we're not going to see what Luke says? Oh, we do get to see what Luke says. Awesome. He says this, the soldiers mocked him, too, by offering him a drink of sour wine. They called out to him, if you are the king of the Jews, save yourself. One of the criminals hanging beside him scoffed, so you're the Messiah, are you? Well, prove it by saving yourself and us, too, while you're at it. Like, this was what people have been wanting from the beginning, guys, is that 
you know, human, humans, they, they want us, we want people to prove things to us. But even after Michael saw with his very own eyes that this is Santa and he, he watched with his own that his faith caused the sleigh to fly, his next words out of his mouth were this, if you really are Santa, I wonder, I wonder how many of us have experienced the power, the true power of God in our lives, but yet in our prayers, our prayers sound like this, God, if you, but if you're listening... Very much like what he was doing. I wonder how many of us have experienced the power of God, but yet in our prayers we're like, but God, if you really care. We've experienced the power of God, but then in our prayers we say, God, if you're really there. See, church, what God's looking for out of you and me is unwavering faith. Not a group of people that need another sign and a wonder to believe in God. That's not what pleases God. God's not pleased when you say you believe because some supernatural miracle took place in your life or you saw it with your own eyes or you felt it with your own skin. What pleases God is when we have faith, when we can't see with our own eyes naturally, but we have faith with our spirit that God is who he says that he is. That's what Hebrews says, at least. It says, and it is impossible to please God without faith. Anyone who wants to come to him must believe that God exists and that he rewards those who sincerely seek him. This Christmas, don't let anything and don't let anyone steal your faith. Just like faith made Santa's sleigh fly, watch this. Your faith in the real Jesus will cause you to fly, cause you to soar up and over your struggles, up and over your trials. And watch this. Your faith in the real Jesus will cause you throughout the, all the days of your life to fly up and above all of the deception that's in our world and all that is to come. But it's faith. It's faith even though you can't touch it. It's faith even though you can't experience or see it with your own eyes. It's faith that Jesus is who that he says he is. And guys, I'm telling you today, this Christmas, 2020, more than a lot of other years, our world desperately needs to see Christians exercising real, authentic, unwavering faith in a world that's full of chaos. So let's do this together. Let's do this. Let's make sure that we do these few things. This Christmas, let's let this Christmas remind us who the real Jesus is. Make sure that somewhere in this Christmas season, you get yourself anchored with who the real Jesus is. Just you and you alone or lead your kids in that way, okay? Secondly, let's hold, let's hold on to our faith. Let's be unwavering in our faith, and let's be bold for Jesus. And thirdly, let's sing it loud for all to hear. Let's do those things. We're going to practice that right now. We're going to move into a time of worship right now. And I want to challenge you, let's sing it loud for all to hear. Let's give it our best. Let's go after him. We're going to stand here alone, basically, between you and God. And if we can worship him like this, then you can worship him like this out there. But let's do this first. Let's do this first, so then we can do that next. We're going to worship him now. Okay, we're going to sing for all to hear. Yeah, that's true. But then we're going to go out there into the community, and we're going to make sure that we invite people next week. We're going to make sure that we share our faith, you know, sometime this week. We're going to make sure that we get to know the real Jesus and we're going to hold on to unwavering faith and we'll be bold, bold about it. But now it's time to sing. Why don't you stand with me? Let's pray.
Lord, thank you. Thank you that in your ultimate wisdom, you knew that our lives would be busy. You knew our lives would be fast-paced. You knew that we would be about a mission on this earth with our hands to do. So in your incredible wisdom, there's these two moments on the calendar that cause us to stop, pause for a moment, and focus in on who the real Jesus is so that we truly know you. We know who you are. We know what you've done for us so that our faith might increase so that we can live out our days on this earth, faithfully following you and not being deceived by all the fakes that are, that are here and that are more to come. Lord, I pray for this congregation, that this would be a congregation that is one that overcomes fear and is bold for Jesus. I pray, Lord, that this would be a congregation of unwavering faith. And I pray this would be a congregation that doesn't just sing their faith alone in private, but yet they turn around and they declare their faith in public so that the world might know that Jesus, you are the reason for the season, but you are the reason for living as well. So Lord, now we choose to open up our mouths and with the oxygen you give us to declare and to sing your praise. In Jesus' name, and everybody said.